Good morning, folks. This is Nick Augustine here with Mark Scroggins at Scroggins Law Group in their Frisco office. And today we're going to talk about common reasons that people get divorced. Hey, Nick, how are you? I'm doing well, Mark. How have you been? <sighs> I am uh, I am good. It is nice to be in the office a little bit. Yes, uh, here we are in live in the office. Yeah, although I actually had to, you know, I'm actually wearing jeans instead of if we were doing this otherwise, I'd probably have shorts on. Okay. You well, know, with the shirt. So right. there you go. Blow the, blow the image. Um, so... You know that's a this is a is a topic that people um, people ask all the time. So uh-huh. a lot of people tend to think that you know the biggest reason people get divorced is because someone cheated on on the other. And while that is a you know a reason that people get divorced, and it, it is a common reason, um, it is really not the most common reason in in just my experience. Okay, um, so you've got a number of different reasons. You've got infidelity. Um, you've got financial issues and that can be where someone's a spender and someone's a saver and uh, things like that you can have intimacy issues and intimacy not just you know sex or lack of sex but the ability to really share intimate details about your life with um, with your partner so mm-hmm. maybe someone's a stoic and uh, the other person you know just won't shut up yeah. you know and so you can end up in all kinds of different problems there. right right. So, uh, well, let's lead off with financial conflicts about spending and saving, because that seems to be, money seems to be the root of all of, of, they say, of all that's evil and uh, can really tear people apart. It really can. So, I mean, one of the things that I always suggest to people, um, especially if I have have friends or uh, people ask me something with people getting ready to get married, what would I suggest that they do? Mm -hmm. I would suggest do some counseling before you go. Yeah. Uh, before you get married and talk about these issues. I mean, because a lot of times people don't don't have a clue. So when we start talking about the financial issues, just like, you know, people think that uh, in the breakup of a marriage, one of the biggest things that factors into stuff is is infidelity. A lot of the time it's disparity in earning capacity and stuff that, that factors into the division of the marital estate. Mm. Okay, so, so the same thing here. If you've got someone who... Um, if you've got someone who makes a lot of money, but they spend every dime they get, and you've got somebody else who is a saver, who lives well below their means, uh, you know, a lot of the time there can be uh, real problems there. Now, the problems tend to arise when all of a sudden there's a hiccup financially. Mm-hmm. So this would be a perfect example. So if with everything that has happened with COVID, uh, and all the people that have lost their jobs or at least have been furloughed, you know, for a period of time until we they get back up and running. Well, if you've got someone that's making, you know, a couple hundred thousand a year. OK. And then all of a sudden they go through eight to 10 weeks where they're not getting paid or worse, lose their job. And they spend, 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 spend so that, you know. Credit cards get maxed out and then they turn around and pay them off and you kind of do this thing. Uh-huh. Well, if the credit cards are maxed out and you don't have any money to pay them, now what? it becomes problematic. Yeah. Okay. And so then you get into the blame game, you know, well, I told you I didn't want to do this. And I told you that we were doing this and, and that can be a real problem. Should have, would have, could have. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it really can be a problem. So you need to sit down and have conversations with your spouse about, what am I and am I not comfortable with? Are you a saver? Are you a spender? How can you uh, give to a certain degree without uh, squelching the way 
you know, someone else's joy in life. Mm -hmm. You know, we jokingly talk about doing retail therapy. Okay. (laughs) You know, to change the way that you feel and, and it can, um, but those are just some, some things that you really, really need to talk about. And if you don't, and let's say that somebody's making, uh, you know, a fair amount of money and they're going in and, and spending money on things that they haven't discussed with, uh, discussed with their spouse or even worse, not just omission, but they have actively lied to their spouse about doing some other things. You can end up buying yourself some wasting of community assets claims or breach of fiduciary duty yeah, claims. Bigger problems. Yeah, exactly. Bigger problems. So what do you recommend to people who are saying, you know, we're having these financial problems. Is this, what's your threshold for putting up with it? Or is there financial ruin and they, you know, it's at what point is the, is it the icing on the cake? Well, that's, that's a really good question. And I mean, it's, um, that is very subjective. I mean, there's, there's not an objective standard on that. It is, it is what works for you and what you can deal with. One of the things that I will always tell people um, and ask people when they come into my office, is there a chance of reconciliation? Do you have any desire to attempt to reconcile? I mean, I am of the opinion that a lot of the time people uh, give up on a marriage way too quickly. Yeah. Okay. Um, You know, and there's a reason that in the uh, traditional vows, it says for better or for worse. Right. Okay. Um, so when you get some of the worst, you need to be able to deal with that. Now it's difficult to deal with that. If you're like, okay, we can't sit here and talk about this and we need to get help to be able to discuss that. And you know, one partner's all on board and the other's not. Mm. Okay. Cause it takes two to tango. All right. And if that other person, if you don't have buy-in, if you don't have a way to resolve it, you've answered the question right there. You're kind of at that point. But the first thing I always suggest to people is, you know, try to get some help. Go to some counseling. Talk to some people about it. I mean, are you, uh, you know, do you have stuff in your, uh, in your, if you are involved in a religion, you know, where you can talk to uh, a religious counselor about, about that kind of thing. Uh, talk to a money manager, you know, if you've got a money manager or hire someone to, to look at what the situation is and find out, okay, here's what things look like. Here's what we can do to make this make this work and, and mm-hmm. plug in everything in. So there are a lot of different solutions in trying to save your marriage to do that, but it takes buy-in from both parties. Well, and also when they, they say, can you change someone, right. you know, and if someone is, if you've got the spender who, and I don't care how much money you're making, you can spend that whole paycheck pretty easily, right. you know, right. and they're saying, well, you know, this Corona thing is going to be over. Or I'll be back to work. Right. We don't know that something like this could not happen again. And And so how do we anticipate and look to the future? And can that spender become more of a saver? Well, and that's why I said it takes buy-in from from both parties. And, you know, my thought process is, you know, can people change? And the answer is absolutely yes, they can. Mm -hmm. Okay. But it takes buy-in from that person to want to change. If the person, if the one person doesn't want to change and they think, you know, I'm right uh, and the other person's 100% wrong and there's no give or take. You've got problems, you know. You're, you probably need to be in my office. Okay. All right. Well, and if you do, you need to call Mark Scroggins at Scroggins Law Group. Right. Mark, I understand that another reason that we talked about why people commonly get divorced is that the romance is gone, it decreases, and intimacy disappears. Right. What's that all about? So, you know, uh, 
there's a reason that, you know, you refer to the beginning of a marriage as the honeymoon phase. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, you know, you are still kind of in that lustful, um, part of the, of the relationship. And you need, you need your partner to be your, your best friend and be able to talk to them about stuff. Obviously it's, I think very important for men and women to both have separate, you know, separate, uh, separate friends that they can, they can trust and, and talk to as well. But when we talk about intimacy, okay, it is not just the sex act. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's the sharing of, you know, things that are going on. What makes you tick? What really bothers you? What, you know, stuff about your parents that bothers you, you know, things, things like that. If you get into a second or third marriage and you've got blended families, it's even that much more important right. talking about that. Okay. So, you know, and this is, you know, I, I think God has a real sense of humor. I think that's the reason that he made, you know, men and women so freaking differently, you know, because um, when we talk about intimacy, uh-huh. it's, you know, men generally, and this is just my experience in talking with different counselors and stuff, is that men generally uh, need to be sexually involved with their significant other to be able to reach that other intimacy level emotionally Mm -hmm. and women tend to be tend to go more the other direction tend to need Uh, more of that emotional intimacy prior to being comfortable sexually and um you know that's just what i've been told that's what i've heard from doing this for 27 years i've seen plenty of that and every once in a while you got people that are that are different than that. Mm. Um, but that is, that is a part of it. And so, and there's also, so it's like, um, when you hear that somebody had an affair, okay, very rarely is it truly just about sex. You know, it's usually because something else is missing Mm. in, in the relationship. Okay. Um, but sex is obviously a huge part of, you know, of any relationship and, and especially a marriage. So if everything just, you know, sex just kind of dries up at some point and let's say somebody's got a real high libido and somebody's got, you know, a real low libido, that at some point is going to start creating a lot of resentment. And when you start creating a lot of resentment, that's going to bleed over into different areas. And so, you know, when you start seeing things come out sideways, it's time to examine what the hell's going on, mm-hmm. you know? You ask someone to pass the salt and they take a little bit and you lose your shit, something else is going on, right? right. So it's time to examine that. So it's kind of the same thing uh, there. I mean, same thing as, as with the financial stuff. Go to a counselor. You know, they have, you have not just all your marriage counselors, um, but you also have specific sex therapists. And, you know, as people get older, things don't all work the same way. You know, for both men and women. And, um, you know, and especially with women postmenopausal, there can be additional problems uh, with, you know, it being painful and different things. So generally, there are remedies to these different things. But once again, go to a counselor and find out, um, you know, how do you re-engage? I heard um, a friend of mine um made a comment that is really, really smart. It's like, you know, treat your wife like your girlfriend. Right. Not like you actually have a girlfriend right. too, right. but <laughs> treat your wife like your girlfriend. Yes, when you were clarifying when that. you were when you were dating them. Sure. You know, send flowers. Do do nice 
do nice things, set up date nights, go and do these different things. So it's not just, hey, we're sitting on the couch with a plate of food watching a movie, mm-hmm. you know, or watching whatever. So relationships, take, they take work yeah. at all points because things in our life are changing at all points. So we're always evolving as people. Right. So we're not the people we were when we were dating. Right. So, and I think it's, it, it is... Um, it's very easy also once you start having children to really, you're so focused on the kids. And now, now kids are so involved in so many different things. If you've got club sports or if they're involved, uh, with a lot of other extracurricular activity, someone's involved in drama, someone's involved in hell, I don't know, the chess team or, or whatever. You've got all this other stuff going on and life becomes so busy that parents forget to make time. For one another of what brought the kids in the first place mm-hmm. you know and so i think it's real important that people find find time to make time for each other well it also what about this idea that sometimes the struggles of life and the challenges of children we're looking for a scapegoat and sometimes it's almost like resentment of the other person for being, you know, the other person's happy, but you're not happy. Mm-hmm. Now, there could be all sorts of psychological, you know, mental health things going on, you mm-hmm. know, and resentment can build. And you're not sure why. And it's almost like those little things that never bothered you. All of a sudden, you start hating your spouse. Yeah. I mean, and that's that's the reason that, you know, I've said I think it's real important to take the temperature of the relationship mm-hmm. at different times and go into counseling and do some things like that. Um, it's very easy to get in ruts, you know, and uh, the problem is if you continue to act this way and your spouse continues to act that way, there isn't any... Uh, any common ground or mm-hmm. it can even pull further and further apart. So my strong suggestion is, you know, go to a counselor, talk about, talk about things. What is, what is bothering you? Why is, you know, um, uh, why is whatever going on uh, really bothering you and eating at you? So if you've got, um, if you have a really decreased sex life or a sex, sexless marriage, you know, going to a counselor and helping to understand what's going on with that. Why is that? Is it just a, uh, because the libidos are so differently uh, are so different? Is it because one partner has lost respect for the other? Is it someone is trying to punish the other? Is it someone uh, is trying, you know, to do something else, kind of the, uh, the carrot and the whip mm-hmm. kind of thing. So there are a whole bunch of different things to examine there. But uh, once again, if you, if you feel that there's a problem, you want to try to nip it in the bud. So go get help. Is this something that um, is talked about when new clients call and uh, come for consultations? Do you have sometimes? Sure. Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, one of the things we want to find out is why are you here? Yeah. You know why are why are you seeking to get a divorce? What are the issues? You know, uh, have you examined this in in your marriage? Are you open to go to counseling? Is your spouse open to go to counseling? Is that something? You know, if you are, why? If you're not, why? You know, and and run through those, uh, run through those things. Absolutely, good advice. For more great advice on all these issues, call Scroggins Law Group. Mark, another of the common reasons that we talk about when people get divorced and why they get divorced is the inability to resolve conflicts. Yep. Well, people are different, right? And uh, and you grow and change over a period of time based on your particular experience, and so. Um, 
you know, once again, I'm going to say counseling is a, is a great thing to utilize in that, in that regard. But there's so many different personality types. I mean, you have some that are, you know, yellers and screamers and you have others that can't deal with any conflict. Uh, you have others that are incredibly passive aggressive. Uh-huh. Uh, so, you know, if you cannot, uh, if you cannot resolve conflict, you're going to end up either in one of two things, either an incredibly uncomfortable, uh, and, um, well, an incredibly uncomfortable marriage, um, or you're going to end up getting divorced, you know, um, because you just can't, um, you just can't live with constant conflict and the inability to resolve things. So once again, that's why I would suggest go to a counselor, you know, learn how to fight fair. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, you know, that's not always, that's not always easy. So being a lawyer, it is not a good idea for me to cross-examine my wife if we're in an argument. That's not really fighting fair. Okay. Um, that's not helpful. Uh, it's not helpful, uh, when people bring stuff up, uh, that's already been resolved that you've already talked through, you know, (laughs) so you're reopening wounds. So it's learning how to do things in, in a way that causes the least damage, but mm-hmm. gives the greatest opportunity for resolution. Right. And maybe like knowing when to have those arguments instead of that side comment just before y'all walk into somewhere public. Yeah. Uh, so that once again goes into the learning how to fight fair. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, um, there's a reason that there are sayings like hold your tongue yeah, you know, and if you can't say anything good about somebody, don't say anything at all. Um, specifically for those reasons. Another thing, um, you know, it is better not to react to things. If you are pissed off, don't sit there and try to have a detailed conversation about everything. If you're at a certain level where you know your volatility is incredibly high, mm-hmm. that's just, you know, recipe for disaster. Because stuff's going to blow up, okay? So, um, you know, I'm sure you've probably heard that if somebody pisses you off and you're writing them a letter or writing an email, wait 24 hours, Yeah. you know, before you send it. Uh, it's like I say all the time, don't press send. Don't press send. Right? You know, it's the same thing here, you know? So those are all in important things to to think about. But counseling is another, you know, is a really good, really good thing. I've heard, uh, you know, suggestions of make a list. You know, make a time to sit down and talk about some stuff. Uh, you know, you get into an argument on Tuesday, make some time to sit down on Wednesday or sit down on Thursday and to go through things and make make a list. And I'm not talking about make a list of each and everything. I can't, you know, stand the way he scratches his ear, right. <laughs> you know, right. or stuff like that. But But talking about the things that really bother you and what creates a source of conflict, you know, um, uh, he's rude to, he's rude to my dad. Okay. Um, he's overbearing with the kids or she's a helicopter mom or, or things like that. It's squelching their ability to grow. Okay. These are things that need to be discussed. So this kind of falls into that, um, as well with, with, uh, resolving conflict. One of the biggest places when, when people have kids are different parenting styles. Sure. You know, do you spank a kid or do you not spank a kid? They're totally different views on that. Uh, some people think a child should never be spanked. Some people think a child should be spanked all the time. 
some people think that, you know, you spank someone on a, uh, you know, in a very rare occasion. Well, there, there's also the, you know, we talked earlier about that honeymoon period where everyone tries to be the other one's yang to the yin. Right. And then as you grow older and you have kids, it's like the jokes on the commercials where you start turning into your parents. Yeah. And, you know, and the kids, you know, and also kids can start repeating and feeding off some of these things too. Right. So, you, you know, it's, I can see how people can be at a point where, Something like kids going to school and now having, you know, other kids they're going to play with and, and all this can like bring up some things that people just didn't see coming. Oh, there's no question. And, you know, um, you are a product of your own environment. You know, so if you grew up subject to corporal punishment, you know, you might, as an adult, uh, mirror your parents and be a fan of that. Or maybe you respect so damn much uh, that you've gone the exact opposite way, mm-hmm. you know, um, and we have different things in society with that now. I don't even want to get into all the participation trophy shit that mm. has caused so many problems now. But I mean, that's a, that's an issue. You know, are you going to applaud someone for just being who they are or doing what they're supposed to be? You know, some people will tell you that that's what you're supposed to do. Um, I disagree with that. <laughs> you know, uh, I probably did some of that when I was, you know, when, when my, my kiddo was, was younger, but you've got to, you know, you've got to work through the different different parenting styles. You know, um, I've seen situations where you hear, you know, hear dad say, you know, boys will be boys. You know, they go out and rough house and uh, beat on each other and get dirty and all that stuff. And, you know, mom wants, uh, wants the kiddo dressed in uh, pristine clothing, sitting on the couch, you know, being a perfect little gentleman <laughs> kind yeah. of thing. And right. so you got to find some common ground. You know, and what is that? I don't know. I mean, and once again, it's subjective. Okay. So it depends on, you know, are you and your spouse or you and your, uh, the other parent on the same page? If not, get some help on that. Well, and the nice thing about mental health counseling and therapy is you might also find that your conflict problems you're having are not only with your spouse and your family. Mm -hmm. It might be people at work, you know, other people you engage with. You know, and people might start seeing, you know, hey, maybe there's some internal thing that I need to sort out. Well, yeah. I mean, so with what you just mentioned, what's the common denominator? Yeah. You, right? Right. Okay. So so if you're the common denominator in all these different sources of conflict, okay, odds are you've got some issues on some stuff you are presenting in certain ways that you don't realize that you present. And it might not be that there is, uh, that there, that there is any... Uh, malicious intent uh, or any bad feelings about anything you just might present Mm -hmm. in ways that you don't realize. Okay. I'm, you know, pretty big guy and I can be pretty loud. Okay. I have been told that, you know, I can be pretty intimidating that way and I've got no intention of being that way Mm -hmm. at that time. Now it doesn't mean that there are times when I want to be, but there are plenty of times when uh, that's not my intention at all. It's just the way I present and I don't realize yeah, it. Yeah, I give you looks know? and my nonverbal, I don't mean to look like I'm burst people into flames. I don't mean to be doing that, you right. know. Right. Sometimes people just have that, like a whatever, resting face, you know. Well, so it's, yeah, and there are, just, there are lots of things that, um, there are a lot of things that we don't realize how often we do that. Yeah. You know, and the impact that it can have on someone else. If somebody is telling you what their quote unquote truth is and you roll your eyes, how do you think they're going to react? Right. I mean, 
uh, it reminds me of, you know, a saying my dad used to tell me when I was a kid, you know, that you're entitled to have your own opinion, no matter how wrong it is, <laughs> you know, and that's the point. People are allowed to have those opinions. You don't have to agree with them, but you also shouldn't be reacting in a manner that it, it looks like uh, or it can be read that you're belittling them in, in your reaction right. to that. I mean, so relationships take work. Marriages take work. Sometimes these conflicts are things that people can't get past, and other times they can. So that's, that's right. Again, mental health and just working on things is good. You know, sometimes they always say about there's a study about people who jump off bridges, and those who survive their suicide attempt all report almost all the time that right after they jump, they immediately had regret and thought I could have things done, could have done things differently, so on and so forth. You know, so hmm. you know, it's before we pull the trigger on things, sometimes take a few steps. So. Yeah, and I mean, that's that's the reason that I mentioned that I always ask people, is there, you know, the possibility of reconciliation? Are you open to counseling? Uh-huh. Is that something that you want to want to pursue? And there's no right or wrong answer to that, okay? I'm just trying to make sure that once you start, um, once you pull the trigger on a divorce, you know, that trigger has been pulled. You can't mm-hmm. unpull it. Once you get into the litigation standpoint, you start... Uh, getting into discovery, you start going to hearings, you start taking depositions, and people start dog cussing each other. That stuff's out there. You can't take that back. Mm-hmm. So these are things that you need to think about because whether you like it or not, you've got a relationship with this person forever. Absolutely. Okay. People think, oh, well, you know, at least until they're 18. No, you've got a relationship forever because. You are going to hear about them and they're going to hear about you. And there's going to be graduations from high school or college or med school or MBA, whatever, all these different things and marriages and grandkids. And so you're going to see each other, you know, right. and there is nothing uh, more uncomfortable being at a family gathering that you've got to put grandma and grandpa in opposite sides of the room because they can't even, you know, have a civil conversation. So. For more words of wisdom, call Scroggins Law Group. Mark's here to talk to you. We're here to help. Mark, I understand that another final reason we're going to talk about today, a common reasons people do get divorced, is that they have different interests and priorities in life. Yeah, no question about that. So, um, you know, there are some people that are workaholics. There are some people that, uh, boy, if there's any way that they could avoid ever doing an ounce of work, they would do it. Mm-hmm. You know, so... Uh, are you all about uh, getting established in your career? Uh, are, is money important to you? Um, do you want to have kids at all? Do you want to have eight kids? You know, these are all things that are real important to be on the same page about. You know, uh, uh, I've got one child. I can't imagine having five or having eight. Uh, We'd need a different car. Yeah, no question. Uh <laughs> You know, my ex-wife's family, both of her parents, I think, had seven or eight kids. Wow. I can't fathom that. I can't fathom that. Um, And you don't see that quite as much today, the families of that size. But you do see, you know, three, four, five kids. You know, and that, boy, that is a freaking lifestyle. You know, because uh, as much as I hate minivans... You need a freaking minivan to tote all those kids so around those big and all, all the gear. Well, like you know what? That, that would be better than a minivan, in my yeah. opinion. Um, 
but you know, those are things that are important. And, you know, when we talk about being, uh, getting established in your career, you know, are you, are you a young professional, um, say that's in the consulting field? Okay. Consultants with the big consulting groups, what do they do? They travel all the time. Yeah. You know, generally it's every week. And a lot of the time it's leave Sunday, come back Thursday. My brother does that in oil and gas. And it's my sister-in-law at home, yeah. especially with the going on with coronavirus. Right. He had to go to California for a long time. He was in Philadelphia for a long time. And she is home, her and kiddo, and Gwen is five. Yeah. And they couldn't go anywhere, and they right. couldn't do anything. Right. And so she's now like a single parent for those periods of time. Yeah. So it is, um, you know, understanding what what makes you tick and what's important to you are hugely important. Now, here's the, here's the curveball, okay, when it comes around to having kids. Uh, I have known women that said that all they wanted to ever do was get married and and have kids and raise a family, okay? They had kids and quickly decided, I don't want to be a stay-at-home mom. Right. i got to get the hell out of here. Careers I have known also. other yeah. uh-huh. that have been hard-charging, uh, you know, really developed uh, a great brand and practice and all this, and then they had kids, and as soon as they had kids, it was over. Yeah, That was the priority. They just couldn't imagine doing anything else. Mm-hmm. So all of these things are, are really, really important in finding that you've got common ground, you know? So if you've got, and I'm just going to go with traditional gender role at this time. Okay. And say, so let's say that you have husband and wife get married. They have two kids and they have an agreement that dad's going to be hard charging. They knew from the beginning that he wanted to move his career forward as, as, far as he could mm-hmm. and it involves moves and everything well as long as everybody's on the same page mm-hmm. that's okay okay it's when people are not okay but they say they are mm-hmm. we've talked about that you knew that this is what i did uh and now it's well i need you here or i need this or you're going to have to you know i need you to find a different job so that you can be here more or saying to that stay at home spouse whether it's husband or wife that stay at home hey I need help financially. I can't take all the burden of this. I need you to get a job. You know, those are rough. Those are rough. Yeah. And there's not a, a right or wrong answer in that. But you better go into a marriage with your eyes wide open about that. And are you okay with things? You know, things change dramatically. So I just said something in a traditional gender role. Okay. Um, my wife probably, my wife definitely cooks more than I do. Um, but neither one of us cook a ton and I don't have an expectation of her doing that. Mm. Um, it's just like, you know, there are all these different things and gender roles have changed so dramatically. God, in the last, you know, 50 years, I look at what my parents were like and what my in-laws were like compared to my marriage compared to, you know, looking, my daughter's 22 and, and hearing, the things that she and her friends discuss. I mean, it's just very different. And mm-hmm. so you need to make sure that you have an understanding of what's important to the other person and what's important to you. You know, are traditional gender roles important to you? If you are a woman and you want to go as far as you can go in your career, is it important to you that you marry someone that is okay with being a stay at home dad? 
Or is it okay with you if your husband is a hard charger as well that y'all do the, you know, hard charging two income family and if we have kids, you know, we're going to hire nannies and stuff. Are y'all on the same page about that? You know, what happens if there become behavioral issues with the kids because they're just being raised by a nanny? How do you combat that? What do you do? Are y'all on the same page about that? So the common thread with all of the stuff that we have talked to today are open lines of communication and understand that it's normal to hit blocks and not be able to communicate effectively with your spouse about uh, or your significant other about certain issues. And it's okay to go get help. It's really smart to go get help. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it'll, you know, most of the time it's going to really help your life and all lives. Well, so. you might find out that the reasons like saying that one person's expectations might go further back in their, you know, in their life to what they were told by parents right. and what the expectations of parents would put upon them. Right. And they've held on to that as part of their schema that's so central to things that when you try to remove that and change it, it's like now you're unplugging things and the things spinning around in your head. Yeah. And, you know, and the thing that you thought was so impossible to grasp might be actually something you could really enjoy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting to look at why do you believe what you believe? Yeah. Okay, why do you think, why is what is important to you important to you? Mm-hmm. Uh, is that because of your life experience or is it because of what you were told? Mm-hmm. You know? And fear of change. Yeah. I mean, so there, there are a whole bunch of different things to, to look at there. And so, uh, you know, my suggestion to people is, is always to be as open-minded as you can to exhaust um, exhaust the opportunities to reconcile and to make things work uh, before you pull the trigger. Um, you know, there's a reason that you married the person that you mm-hmm. married. Um, see if you can go back and find that. What mm-hmm. was it? You know? Um, you know, so... Those are important things to important things to look at and uh, and realize very rarely is there only one way to do things. Exactly. And that's a good thing to teach your kids as yep, well. Absolutely. All right. Any final words of wisdom for our folks watching our video or listening to our podcast? You know, hey, I know it's been a rough time with uh, with COVID and all the shelter in place and being at home and we're not going and doing stuff as much. And for some couples that has been great. And for others it has been the death knell of the relationship. If you're at that point and you need some help, call us here at Scroggins Law Group. We're here to help.